0: Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, it's the four year anniversary since DJ Smith became the club's head coach. We'll get a quick analysis on how
1: he's done in the position. And we complete our top 10 prospect list for the Ottawa Senators with number six all the way to the top. And only one of them
0: did not play an NHL game this season. All that's coming up and it's brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the app create an account and use promo code locked on NHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. It's the game time app. This is the locked on senators podcast. It's your team every day. You're locked on senators, your daily podcast
1: on the Ottawa senators, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Schlitzler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast.
0: Welcome inside episode 804 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe wherever you download your podcasts, including... On YouTube, where that thumbs up is your best friend, click it and leave a comment below. Who is your number one Sens prospect? We had a pretty short conversation about that, but we want to know if you have a dark horse or who could jump into that position for next season. Today is Tuesday, May 23rd, and Pilsy, any dream of Ryan Reynolds potentially owning the Ottawa Senators seems dead.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I actually respect this from Ryan Reynolds because the thing with the Nico Sparks group who added more people to their uh, consortium yesterday, two of the dragons from Dragon's Den, uh, you'd think that's big news, but it's really not. It's just another one added to the list. But the thing that's different about the Ryan Reynolds approach is since day one. Since the news broke that the auto centers could be for sale, he wanted to be a major part of this, but he didn't just want to be a celebrity smiling in photo ops and uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. He had a full plan of what he wanted to do and how he wanted to be a part of this ownership group, not just as a celebrity, but as someone that's actually involved with the operations and engaging with fans, trying to boost up the community of Ottawa and things like that. So... He's not about to just hop on another ship and just take part in whatever that group is doing. He wanted to do things his way, and that didn't work out. And he said, hey, if we can't do things the way I want, I don't want to be a part of that. And I think that's fair, and I respect that.
0: Yeah, Bruce Garriott put out the article yesterday in the Ottawa Sun, and and it makes sense from that perspective. The Remington Group, very heavy on the real estate aspect, so it makes sense they would have left the marketing and all that up to Ryan Reynolds. It's unfortunate. It was obviously a tease. It was so early in the process, it just felt like a slam dunk. Uh, It turned out to be a shot off the backboard and and didn't even touch the rim as they didn't even make a bid in the final moments leading in to May 15th. We're now May 23rd, still no official announcement. We still believe it will be Michael Anlauer, but the bidding continues. And as you mentioned, the Nico Sparks group added more Dragons Dead. Is this the first time that someone's pitched the Dragons on something they don't own? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I think uh, Dragon den they can own percentages of it and they can work through uh, different ways. Oh, I see what you're saying, though. Nico Sparks is pitching them, but he doesn't actually own the team. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, probably. And someone brought up on Twitter, I forget who it is, so I apologize, but it was a good point, that what happens with all the people that were approached early on? And they're like, your $10 million is going to be worth whatever, two percent or whatever but then you keep adding on people so aren't those ownership stakes being diminished now and you're being like hey wait a second i thought i was going to be such a majority owner but now there's a hundred more people so my slice of the pie is even smaller uh, again i'm not a business expert i don't know how that works but that is something that came across on twitter and i thought yeah that's actually a good point like how does that how do all these additions affect the, the OG uh, Nico Sparks group uh, contributors.
0: I got to give Nico Sparks credit. This guy's doing a great job of dressing for the job he wants, not the one he has. His profile picture on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter is all at Sens Games. Him with a briefcase at a Sens game, standing out front of the arena. So he's at, he's already owning the Sens in his mind, and, and we'll see if he, the Dragon Sent. I made an entire NHL lineup based <laughs> on the amount of people who are in this bid. But anyways, we need a conclusion for that. But we will wait and see. Of course, we'll go live whenever that does happen. We'll be the first, hopefully, to do that. But we do believe it will be Michael Anlauer when the decision is made. Reminder, it is Tuesday after a long weekend. So although they were working through the weekend, it's not a surprise that no press releases were given. And hey, the bidding could still be ongoing, trying to drive the price up as much as they can. One person who is very curious to know what will happen once the ownership settles is DJ Smith who four years ago today was named head coach of the Ottawa Senators. Four years later, Pilsy, how, how, does, how do you feel about DJ Smith now versus
1: then? Well, before we get into that, I want to try to take myself and uh, both of us and the listeners back to that day. It was quite a surprise that he was chosen, wasn't it? Like I know there was a list of like seven coaches, but I remember our discussions, and I can't remember who the front runners were necessarily. But I remember when DJ Smith was announced, I was like, "Huh, really? They're going with uh, they're going with Toronto's old assistant coach after and the guy that ran the defense after Melnick's comments about uh, the least forgot about one thing in their roster building—they forgot about defense—and then they bring over Nikita Zaitsev shortly after as well, so. That was an interesting day. Do you do you remember who was kind of the in the running there, Ross? Pilsey, Twitter is the
0: best and worst thing in the world. I've okay. already okay, pulled I up I've pulled up the list of candidates that we have confirmed were in the running for the job, and we had DJ Smith seventh out of seven. Yeah, of- e- I remember
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. We had him seventh out of seven, Pilsey. We had Mark Crawford ahead of him for crying <laughs> out loud. Uh, Nate Lehman, Rick Bonus. Jacques Martin, Troy Mann, and Patrick Waugh were the other names. So those were the seven names associated with the Ottawa Senators' head coaching decision. That's wild. I didn't realize we had DJ Smith seven out of seven.
1: Yep. Yeah, so confirmed. That was a surprise for the two of us here on this show. But you know what? I, looking back, I, I'm going to stand by DJ Smith. Uh, I like him as a coach, and I think he was the right guy at least. For the time that he's been here so far, will he be the right guy moving forward? That remains to be seen. If it, it's all going to depend on the first fifteen game sample size of how this season starts, but I am going to be positive, Pillsy. I got the bucket hat on today for those just listening, so I am in a good mood. I am saying I feel good about DJ Smith. Then he's earned the right to have a chance to try to have a legit playoff roster and try to lead them into the playoffs. So, congrats, DJ Smith, on four year anniversary with the Ottawa Senators.
0: And uh, we belated birthday, too. Happy belated. DJ Smith turned 46 10 days ago. So now, I mean, you look at the finishes are are tough in in the division, right? 7th, 6th, 7th, 6th. That needs to improve. But what has improved at least year over year in the last two is the winning percentage has actually increased dramatically. Finally, it was 437 in year one, 455 in year two. 4.45 4.45 in year three, but again, that's going from an 82-game sample, 56-game sample. This year was up at 5.24, and that's not like we're you know setting off fireworks and, and dancing and, and being joyous that that's, that's what we need. You need way more than 86 points to get into the playoffs, yep. but look what happens when you can get in. The Florida Panthers are showing that right now, but this team, I, I, like I said, twelve game samples—the most I'm willing to give here. If they're not coming out of the gates flying, like we've very much been hard on the last few years, they need to come exactly out of the so. gate. Hot. They know what they need to do. There has to be consequences if they fail to do it this year.
1: Yep, and, and that's the thing. It's uh, Ross. What's that quote from uh, Wrexham that you really latched onto? Uh, the, the the standard. State. Yeah, go ahead.
0: The standard isn't, like, adequate anymore. It has to be pushed higher.
1: Exactly, and I think that's where the Ottawa Senators are at, and especially, Ross, with new owners coming in, I can't anticipate they'll be stoked about a season out of the playoffs with the money they've spent and uh, the the way the salary cap is going to be pushed up for the Ottawa Senators this year and with expectations. So I think we're going to see a very different – the goalpost has moved dramatically for the Senators this season.
0: While the prospect pools moved dramatically over the last four years as well, I I wonder if we could pull up four years ago who the top 10 sends prospects would be because Brady had already graduated and they didn't have a top pick in 2019. So if we were doing this right now in 2019, I guess it would have been before the draft. So uh, you'd be looking at kind of Drake Batherson and Josh Norris would have been in the mix. That would have been one. Eric, Eric Brandstrom um brandy, no brandy wasn't there until
1: until uh or yeah yeah he would have just been in the mix would have just got there yeah I, I think the one we should try to find is after the 2020 draft yeah that'll be the interesting one to see where we had guys slotted before they they had any kind of uh clout clout yes exactly that's what i was looking for thank you
0: so yesterday on the show we gave you prospects seven through ten last friday we went around the world of Sens prospects with the guys who just missed the cut and could very well be on this list the next time we do it, which will be, I believe, right at the start of next season. Maybe, no, we'll, we'll wait till, till December, like right before World Juniors because not much is going to change over the summer except for some potential graduates. But today, we are doing prospects six through number one. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Locked On Senators.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time, the presenting sponsor of this podcast. And anytime I'm going to be looking to go to any events I'm uh, up in Collingwood, so most of my big events will be down in Toronto. But I can go to Jay's games. I can go to concerts. Just saw Blink at uh, Scotiabank Arena. That was awesome. I I want to check out some theater stuff, maybe some comedy, some of the big comedians coming through town. And I'm going to do it all on Game Time because – You guys know me. I don't like a lot of stress. I'm not a big planner. So game time is perfect to get your tickets easy, fast, and on time. Killer deals on last minute tickets and best price guarantee. You can get... The view of your seats before you buy so you're not surprised when you get there. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. One, two taps and they're on your phone. No need to dig through emails or forget your password or anything like that. Download the GameTime app today. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNHL. And you're going to get 20 bucks off your first ticket purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account Redeem code locked on NHL for 20 bucks off and have fun at your event. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Today's episode
0: is also brought to you by owl and co owl and co grooming, a local company that wants you to feel your best. Make sure that you get that next level nourishment from your skin and that nice long lasting scent that will make people who are around you say, Oh, That smells amazing. What is that? That's you. And their starting lineup includes hair tonics, sea salt sprays, and utility bombs. It's versatile, and it has something for everyone. All of the products at Owl & Co. Grooming are made with natural ingredients such as coconut oil and sweet almond oil. It ensures that your skin's getting the nourishment that it needs. These products are all made by hand in small batches in Ottawa. Support local, so you know they're going to be made to the highest standard. There's no cutting corners. Carefully chosen ingredients like shea butter are safe. For sensitive skin. So go outside your comfort zone and start with these products every single morning. You'll see that creating a grooming routine can be something that you really look forward to. Owl and Co Grooming is an Ottawa company. Chris Sinclair, great Sens fan, loves the team, loves the show. So go support local and get yourself some next level nourishment. Go to owlandcogrooming.com. find them on Instagram, Owl and Co Grooming. They're also on Twitter. And for Sens fans, because you're a listener of the show. Your discount code for you. Senators 15 at checkout will save you 15% off your next order. Can't wait to hear what you think about Owl and Co. Go check them out, owl and co
1: All
0: right, Philly. This third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs has been awesome. The teams, maybe not the most household names, the Floridas, the Carolinas, the Vegases, and the Dallases of the world, but the hockey's been great. Every single game, it feels, is one goal. One goal here, one goal there. It's awesome, but Pilsy, the biggest story was not on the ice yesterday. The Senators, of course, overshadowing the playoffs at every turn. Obviously, Brady Kachuk in attendance. And I don't, I don't have any time to hear people say, oh, I thought he says he wasn't going to pl- go to any games this year. No, no. He's living his life. Let him live. And not only living his life, we know how big of uh, golf fans all these hockey guys are. He got to drink out of the PGA Championship trophy in Brooks Kepka's suite last night. That was hilarious.
1: Yeah, all-time classic Brady Kachuk moment. I mean... Brady's got to practice drinking out of trophies. He's going to have a lot of experience of that going down the road. So why not practice with the golf one in the offseason? And uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, obviously, you'd rather have Brady on the ice and Matthew Gachuk in a box drinking out of a golf trophy. Sure, if you're a Sens fan, but let the guy live. He's having fun. Fun's not illegal where I'm from or in Florida either. So I'm okay with it.
0: In uh, so Chicklets posted the the video clip, and you can find it on Twitter at Send Central as well. And Matthew Kachuk replied and said, "He's back." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And uh, hey, it's 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 summer. It's the off season. He he had a hard uh, good working season, Brady. So if he wants to enjoy himself a little as a guy in his early twenties with uh, some decent cash, go for it.
0: No, and I don't think he paid a penny to get in the suite, man. That's family tickets right there. But what yeah. what makes me laugh too is is if anyone's like, oh, his heart's not in it. Watch him play one shift in Ottawa, and you don't have to you don't have to cherry pick any shifts. Any shift he plays in Ottawa and. There's zero concern that this guy wants anything but to win a Stanley Cup with the Ottawa Senators. There's zero. Like, this isn't like Mitch Marner. If Mitch Marner was doing this after a playoffs, like, you know what? Maybe I have some questions.
1: But with with Mitch Marner would need someone to help lift that trophy up. Jesus, the (laughs) little guy couldn't do it himself. And the thing is, too, like, these days, like everybody's got phones everybody's got cameras everybody can post anything so like if athletes do anything notable it's gonna get filmed and posted like what are you supposed to do if you don't win the stanley cup like you're just supposed to hide in your house all all summer like i don't know i I think it's okay
0: no it's awesome man i love to see it and i can't wait to see brady back on the ice with the ottawa senators that's talking playoffs here on Locked On Senators, but we want to talk prospects. And we will touch a little bit more on the playoffs. I feel like it's almost time for another sends Abroad scoring leader update. But we're not there yet. We're almost at the Stanley Cup Finals, the way these series are going. One is up 3-0 with Florida, and the other one could be that tonight with Vegas having a 2-0 lead over Dallas. But it's prospect time here on Locked On Senators. And what's very interesting, Pilsy, is just how many of these top six prospects played games with the Ottawa Senators this past year, including the gentleman we're going to start with today. Coming in at number six on our list of top 10 Sens prospects, we're going with Jacob Bernard Docker. Pilsy, how would you describe the season that was for JBD?
1: You know, the first word that came to my mind, Ross, was underwhelming, but we've had this conversation before You need to be reminded with Jacob Bernard Docker that when he's at his best, it may seem underwhelming, but he's one of those defensemen, a Chris Phillips-esque type guy, didn't really notice him tonight. And he probably had a great game, shift in and shift out because he's not going to do those highlight reel plays. He's not going to throw the body around. He's not going to have a big clapper from the point. Anything like that. He's just going to make smart, simple plays, smooth skating, be in position, be sound positionally. Like he's just one of those guys that I think provides stability without making too much noise. And that's hard to get excited about as a as a young prospect that is a first-round pick from quite a while ago, and lots of people, myself included, has aspirations of him being a top pair partner for Thomas Shabbat. and he hasn't quite broken through that ceiling yet. But for me, I think this season was just okay for Jacob Bernard-Docker because him and Lassie Thompson are right there, but now Jacob Chickren coming in and Eric Branson having a good season, Travis Hamnick likely coming back on a one-year deal or something like that. Those spots are not readily available for Jacob Bernard Docker to capture in the NHL. So he's going to have to, like, he's going to have to beat someone out. It's not about him proving himself, it's about him proving himself better than someone or multiple other defensemen.
0: And when we look at his AHL season, because we did give him an exit interview, he played games with the Ottawa Senators. Now we're pulling up a graphic with his Belleville numbers 41 games in Belleville, two goals, four assists. Six points in 41 games, 38 shots on goal, 35 penalty minutes. Now he was a plus four. And if you go look at Belleville's plus minus, and I always have to preface it by saying plus minus bogus stat if you're comparing apples with apples. But when you're also looking at a team's plus minus and one guy is an outlier, whether it's good or bad, I think that's when it's noteworthy. And for JBD, a plus four on a team where there's a lot of guys in the double negatives, that that's impressive in its own sense. And you have to look at some underlying numbers, which the AHL doesn't readily provide, to be able to understand the value that Jacob Bernard-Docker would have. You mentioned from a couple of years ago, Pilsy, Brady Kachuk was the same draft as Jacob Bernard Docker. I think that kind of tells you the timeline. Mm -hmm. This guy's already through two years of an $8 million contract. Now I know comparing a top five pick to a guy who was drafted in the mid twenties isn't necessarily fair, but it just kind of goes to show you that, Oh, well, I mean, you could do the direct comparison. The sense traded back with the Rangers Rangers got Keandre Miller. He's an established top four defenseman on a playoff team in the national hockey league. So I'm not ready to give up on JBD. He is a restricted free agent uh, going into this summer. But I do still think there's some upside for him to be a contributing member to an NHL team. It's a huge summer for him, though. I don't think we can state that enough. This is going to be his last time on a prospect list, whether he's moved, makes the jump to the NHL, or it's just kind of like, hey, you're 24 years old.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a right-shot defenseman that I think the Ottawa Senators probably value more than any other teams around the league because of the development they've put into him and uh, the Sens love their NODAC guys. And I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not giving up on Jake Bernard-Docker right now, but man, this I would say this is his make-or-break season for if he's going to stay with the Ottawa Senators because in my mind, one, at least one, Maybe even both of JBD and Lassie Thompson has to be moved this year. You can't keep both of them. That I'm sure of. And uh, one of them is going to have to prove themselves here.
0: And Jacob Bernard-Docker turns 23 in June. So when I said 24, I meant this is the make or break year. By next summer, we'll need to know what kind of the overall upside is for Jacob Bernard-Docker. All right, JBD comes in at number 6 on our list. Coming up next, we will get to the top 5. Stay locked on, Senators, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pillsy, top 5 time, Sense Prospect Pool. There was a time where their fifth best prospect was like a top six guy. It might have even been Shane Pinto after the 2020 draft.
1: Yeah, like the Sens' top uh, 10 prospect after the 2020 draft, that list was immaculate.
0: It was stacked. And a reminder, is- people can go back and listen to that episode. Because <laughs> you can listen to all 804 episodes of Locked On Senators On Demand. You know what would be a fun one for people to go back and listen to? If you scroll, and you don't even have to scroll. If you go on Spotify, you can sort by oldest episodes first. Okay, I want to say the last episode we did before joining Locked On, and it is on that RSS feed. It is right there. Is the immediate reaction to DJ Smith being hired as Sen's
1: head coach? There we go. That would be appropriate for today. And, uh, Ross, I was going to say – I haven't seen too much backlash about people being mad at our list yet, which uh, I don't know. Does that mean we're doing a good or a bad job of making this list?
0: Yeah, we should have thrown a complete like 180 in here. Just to see if people are paying attention. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the list so far, Lassie Thompson at number 10, Levy Marilinan at number nine, Roby Yarventi at number eight, Tyler Boucher at number seven, and Jacob Bernard-Docker coming in at number Six. Number five on our list of top 10 Sens prospects. It's the final Nodak Sen. For now, it's Tyler Clevin.
1: Yep, Tyler clevin He ends his career with the Nodak Sens, the last of the guard of the Nodak Sens. For now. For now. For now. For now. Um, and he gets a couple games in the NHL. And uh, look. He, he was someone, Ross, that, uh, at least I'll speak for myself, I thought he was going to come in and be a force physically. Now the, the reins are off. You're not playing against college kids with uh, with refs that are, uh, you know, under different circumstances than the NHL. I thought he was really going to impose his will. But as a young defenseman, the last thing you want to do is go for a big hit, take yourself out of the play, and uh, find yourself sitting on the bench for longer than you'd hope uh, along as the game goes along. So, I really thought that he played a smart, responsible game. He didn't look out of place like it wasn't imposter syndrome there. He just quietly went about his business. And I think if we're looking at Tyler Clevin, how his year went, it was a great success.
0: When we discuss uh, Tyler Clevin's season, it has to be in two parts. There's the part where you mentioned NHL looks good, but in college, 35 games for him with North Dakota this year, his junior season, his third year with the fighting Hawks, eight goals, 10 assists, 18 points, 82 shots on goal, more than two per game, 84 penalty minutes, and was a plus two. And it was an up and down year for North Dakota. They had some really tough losses throughout the year. It was an uncharacteristically bad season overall for them, but he was one of the bright spots on the back end really got to handle the puck a lot. Last summer, we were discussing that. Like, being a a uh, third-pair left-shot guy, especially even when he was a second pair, you're playing behind Jake Sanderson. He's getting all of the power play one minutes. He's getting all of the shorthand. Like, he's just such a well-rounded defenseman. There's not a whole lot of room to have the puck on your stick if you're a left-side defenseman on North Dakota. So this year, he was able to cradle it a lot more, get comfortable in situations where pressure's coming at him, and those are going to be huge assets to him going forward where time and space is critical in pro hockey so i think that this was an enormous season for for tyler to go back to north dakota i'm super happy he did we were on the same page with that last year pilsey where it's like look you have all these young defensemen coming up no need to rush them and i'm glad they waited and you know what at the time it sucked it still sucks that the senators dealt with so much injury at the end of this season but the fact it allowed Clevin to get his feet wet and play games down the stretch, I think that's
1: going to be huge for his development going forward. Yep. I would agree. I think it did work out for him uh, specifically, but I think this is where we differ a little bit, Ross. I, I think it's more beneficial for him to spend a good chunk of time in Belleville next season. And uh like, like we mentioned, if prospects are getting called up to the NHL this year, it's not as a favor. You better help this team win games. And if you can't, you're going right back down. Uh, so I would like for him to get real top minutes. Like I, I would even like a pair of uh, Clevin and Gannett playing in Belleville together. I think that would be an interesting kind of yin and yang uh, pair. So Because he needs to play games. The thing is, in college, it's such a short season to go to the pros It's a big, big jump, and I think you can get a lot of help in not necessarily only on ice development, but off ice development, too. It's a grind to be able to get your body mentally and physically prepared for all these games. So I think going to Belleville would do him a lot of good next season.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the perfect place for him. I just spent long-term in his development to be in Ottawa. You look at the, the Senators this past season, how many defensemen did they end up using? I At least... A lot. Um, I've actually got it here. 10, 11, 12, 13. They used 13 defensemen this past year. Yeah, we're including the one game from Max Gannett. We're including Nikita Zaitsev, who's gone. I get it. There's turnovers. Lassie
1: Thompson, two games. <laughs>
0: exactly. However, I do think that when you look at depth, this is the type of guy where it's huge, and he's got two years left on his entry level next season and the year afterwards, so I'm just excited for Tyler Clevin. We didn't even get to see him throw the classic K-train hit, so there's a lot of room here to go for Tyler Clevin, and I mean, a couple assists, but but Tyler Clevin, we're still waiting on that first NHL goal as well. So uh, I'm just excited for him to come up and uh, and play pro hockey a full season. But uh, all in all, I would say a successful end to his college career, despite maybe the team not having the success that they're used to in Nodak.
1: I would agree. And I think that's why it was so important for him to go back to Nodak, because no Jake Sanderson, no Jacob Bernard Docker. He played a pivotal role there and he got to experience what it's like to kind of have to put a decor on your shoulders. No offense to to the other guys in Nodak, but he was their top guy, really. And he had to do a lot. He had to be a part of a lot of different situations. And I love this Brad Berry. He had him playing the right side because, hey, look, there's only six defensemen jobs. If you only play the left side, you're only available for three jobs there. So why not... You're in college, try things, try to develop. And uh, he got to play some time on the right side. So it makes him a little bit more versatile. So I'm very excited for Tyler Clevin's future with the Ottawa Senators.
0: Coming in at number four on our list of top 10 Sens prospects, a man between the pipes who played in probably more games than you would like to have seen in the NHL this season. And that's Mads Sogard, who was thrown into a precarious situation. Now, we did do him for our goalies of exit interviews to the NHL. So let's look at Mad Sogard's AHL numbers this season. Yikes. 22 games, 6 wins, 10 losses and 2 OT losses, a 347 goals against, and an 893 save percentage. No shutouts. What the heck happened in Belleville?
1: Yeah, not a great year in Belleville for Matt Sogard, unfortunately, Ross. Um, I think, well, Sogard did have some injuries at the start of the year, so he didn't exactly hit the ground running.
0: First game.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it, it was tough for him to kind of get into the groove of things. And then he he's the number one goalie in Ottawa, before you know it, with uh, injuries to Cam Talbot and Matt uh, – or uh, Anton Forsberg, rather. And it just – it's such a weird story. Like, I'm looking at uh, Mads game logs here, and there's not a lot of just, like, mediocre games, Ross. Like, there's not a lot of games where he lets two or three goals in. It's either one or above four. Like, it's it, it seems like either he's dialed in or it's not working out for him. And we saw in the NHL, uh, our guy, Alims Martian, would often comment on this. He's getting beat cleanly too often. And, yes, you're a young goalie going to the NHL. The shots are faster, they're harder, the release points are better, the accuracy is better, everything's better. It's the best league in the world, of course. But when you're a guy that's six foot seven, approaching 200 pounds, like you'd think he could just get in the way of a lot of these shots and get a piece of them. But he was getting beat cleanly, no deflection, no screen, nothing, especially that high glove was an issue. So I think having Mads play a lot of games in the NHL was great for his development because now he knows what to expect but I still would like for him to play a full season as the number one guy in Belleville.
0: What you just described there reminds me so much of early years' Ben Bishop.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Huge goalie. He would get beat over his shoulders, and I was like, how is this happening? Yeah. And look what happens when the Sens gave up on him. Mm -hmm. that's why he's number four on this list. The potential of Mad Sogard versus some of these other guys on the list, it's more so like they're closer to the NHL. So we've got them a bit higher with Mad Sogard. The potential is oozing. I don't know if he needs, if he needs, you know, like maybe a little more um, experience if it's just a matter of time or, or what, but like you see in the games where he's locked in, man, this guy can play and he's a battler. Like he doesn't give up on pucks. It's just, the first shot like often it's with goals. It's like, how are you going to track the rebound? How are you going to kick rebounds away? I felt like his battle level was great rebounds. He was great. Maybe safe for that Colorado goal, which still should have been blown down. But uh, beyond that, it's it's really just first shot. And I feel like that's a more coachable aspect than getting your battle level or or your focus this guy there's nobody more focused than mad Sogard. You, you look at games where if you go to the rink early maybe you're going for the dinner beforehand peek into the rink and an hour before the game he's sitting on the bench by himself with his stick just staring at it and i don't know if he's almost like too focused like we talk about this with angus where it's like you guys they're so dialed in that it's like one mistake and they get they get rattled like even keel but he's got his preparation he's talked in the media about how he, he does the exact same thing before every game and has for a number of years I'm not telling him to change his routine up but I do think that the sky is like there's still so much road left in mad sogard's development he's 2019 draft pick and we know goalies take longer to develop. Playing 19 NHL games this year, Pilsy, was not in the script of Mad Sogard's development, but hopefully he watches a ton of video this summer and can use it to his advantage and battle next year because he realized this year anything can happen in the National Hockey League and pro hockey.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And, and the thing is, Ross, is when he got called after Anton Forsberg's injury in Edmonton, you look at the first five games he played, Ross, 4-0-1 with a nine twenty save percentage. Like, and I think every... Rookie of the month in February. Yeah, yeah, rookie of the month. And I think that was an unfortunate good stretch. Because what happened there is, I think a lot of people did this, and I was careful about this. They said, Matt Sogard is NHL ready. I think Pierre Dorian even thought that. He said it. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. Um, so, and that's the issue because at that point, Pierre Doron was confident with Mad Sogard taking the reins of this team, and then Cam Talbot got hurt, and you didn't see any insurance, uh, any veteran insurance option added. Which you know what might have been the right thing. I'm not sure that this uh, was the sense year. So, giving away future assets to bring in a rental veteran goalie maybe doesn't make the most sense, but. It was just interesting to see how hot he started. And then with time, it's hard being in the pros. He uh, ended up struggling a little bit more. But I just want to end off with saying, I know maybe I have positive pills. I've mentioned a lot of negative comments about Sogard. I have the utmost belief in him. And I also believe his potential is through the roof. Just going to take time.
0: And he's at number four on our list of top 10 sends prospects moving up to number three the lone player we're discussing today who did not play NHL games this regular season it's Zach Ostapchuk and his season has just come to a screeching halt losing to the Seattle Thunderbirds with his Winnipeg ice in a matter of five game but it wasn't due to a lack of trying on his part Playoff Zach might become a thing here as Zach Estabchuk's playoff resume is glowing. Last season with Vancouver had 23 points in 12 playoff games. This year, nine goals, 15 points in 18 playoff games, including a penalty shot goal right in front of my very own eyes in the conference finals. Zach Estabchuk split the season between Winnipeg and Vancouver, where he was the captain of the Giants before being traded to Winnipeg. Fifty-five total games, thirty-one goals, thirty-six assists, good for sixty-seven points, one hundred and seventy-seven shots on goal, forty-six penalty minutes, and a plus twenty-eight. Pil- Pilsy. A lot of people think he could be a dark horse to make the sends out of training camp next season.
1: I mean, he certainly is impressing in his final years in junior and. I don't have him quite there yet. I think going to Belville would do him a lot of good as well. But uh, Zach Ostapchak, this is a guy that has a lot of great tools. He's someone that can move up and down the lineup, I think, even on a pro team because he doesn't rely on one skill necessarily. He does it all. He's got speed. He's able to drive to the net with ease. He uses his size to get there. He's got a great shot. He's a good playmaker. He's got really good hockey IQ. And I think... This guy, if you talk about like, he's got a high floor and a high ceiling. In my opinion, like I expect a lot of good things from Zach so Stabchuk coming up here.
0: I think he's going to be a heck of a player. I know Nick Paul's a comparison a lot of people have made. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair, but he's just so big. He's unique. I don't want to put him. Uh, I think he skates a lot better, by the way, than Nick Paul does. He's he's a wildly successful defensive center but can also score and, and make you pay in front of the net. He's, he's going to be an NHL. There's no question in my mind. I know some people had questions whether any second-day draft pick from the Ottawa Senators 2021 class would play NHL games. Well, Zach Gustavchuk has certainly flipped the script on that one as, as he looks poised to make the jump to pro hockey next season. And yeah, it's, it's the complete package with him. He's got speed. He's he, what people had said going into the draft is maybe he doesn't get to the middle of the ice enough. Maybe he's going to be better suited at the wing. We saw him last training camp with Ottawa and preseason center of the ice. Just like Ridley Gregg. Those were the two guys in the system where it's like, oh, do you move them to the wing? It doesn't seem like the Senators have any intention of doing that. They want these players to develop down the middle. Now, one thing I will note, you look at the production, it's all great, right? 67 points, 31 goals. If you compare that with Ridley Gregg's last season, Ridley Gregg had 63 points and only played 39 games. So yep. when, you, when you expect him to make that jump, the points are not going to be like that in the NHL or AHL next season. It just simply won't, but man, an exciting prospect, six foot four, still kind of growing into his size. I would recommend everyone go check out Scott Wheeler's article on him with the athletic, very good kind of peek behind the scenes of how kind of tragedy and everything has really kind of elevated how he feels about the game. And he's going to be a stud. And I think he'll become a fan favorite in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think uh, him showing off what he can do in a lesser role on uh, Team Canada and the World Juniors is really eye-opening too because he doesn't need to have 15-plus minutes of ice time to be effective. He's going to find ways to stay in the game, shift in, shift out.
0: Oh, can't wait to see him make the jump next season. Zach Estabchuk comes in at number three on our list of top 10 Sens prospects. Coming in at number two, Best friend of the show, it's Igor Sokolov. I mean, come on. You look at what he did in the last NHL call up. We did our exit interview with him. But when we bring up the AHL stats, Pilsy, run through these. I just want to sit back
1: and listen. Yep. Igor Sokolov, yet again, led the Belleville Senators in scoring. 70 games played, 21 goals, 38 assists, good for 59 points. He's getting the puck on net with 163 shots like most of Belleville, was a dash, a dash 15. But this is a guy who was always known for his shot and his goal-scoring ability. And the coaching staff and development team of the Senators said, hey, look, we know you can score goals, but you got to round out your game here. And I think he showed that he could do that, uh, definitely. And he still was an effective player in Belleville. And he got a chance to come up in Ottawa and Even though it wasn't a lot of minutes a night and not that many games, he still made an impact. So another great season in the development for our guy, Igor.
0: He's officially graduated from the AHL as far as I'm concerned. I don't need to see him go back there for another minute.
1: I'm with you. Yeah. What more does he have to prove down there? And does that mean we think he's going to secure the uh, roster spot in the NHL for sure? Not necessarily. There's a lot of guys – battling for those spots and Igor is going to have to have another good offseason he trained hard last season was disciplined and um, he's going to have to have a better training camp this year than he did last year and I believe he's got that in him especially Ross now that he's got a better taste of the NHL he got his first goal he got uh, his first point also a goal and assist so he's ready to make that jump and uh, I think we're going to see it.
0: And Lord knows there's going to be injuries throughout a season. Can you just do me a favor? Whoever's the head coach of the Ottawa Senators next year, at least for 3 games in the preseason, put him with either Pinto, yes, with Norris or with Timmy. Just for just for give me a little taste in preseason. Yes. I want to see Igor get 15 to 18 minutes a game in preseason. Agreed. I know that when you're looking at how you're building a team. These coaches are like, I want to see how he'll do in eight minutes because in a regular season game, that's what's more likely. But in a preseason game, you also want to see what kind of skill you're working with. And it's harder to do it in a short period of time. So just let the leash roll out a little bit, get one of those retractable leashes that my dog loves so much, not the ones that you have a certain limit. Let this guy breathe, let him use his wheels a little bit more, let him get in on the four check and yet his shot is the key attribute that we need to see from Igor going forward. So I have a ton of faith in him. This guy's led the Belleville Sens in scoring for multiple years. He's the all-time leading scorer in the organization, more than Drake Bathurst and more than Josh Norris. This guy is ready to make the jump. Igor Sokolov comes in. And, I mean, the guy's in love now. He's, he's got a fiancé. He's got a family to feed. Let's go. This guy's playing for keeps now. Get this guy in the mix, Igor Sokolov, number two on our list of top 10 Sens prospects. All right, Pillsy, coming in at number one. And we should remind everyone, if you want to hear more, we did a full breakdown on, on Igor. We did a full breakdown on Mads. We did all this with the NHL as the main scope. But now we're looking at the AHL scope and coming in at number one on our list of top 10 cents prospects.
1: Pillsy, a little drum roll. Riddle me this, riddle me that. It's Ridley Gregg. Ridley Gregg. I mean... <laughs> Ridley effing Greg, What a draft pick. And uh, this is a guy that screams Ottawa Senator scouting because he's someone that shocker, Ross, his father played professional hockey. The Ottawa Senators love that. I know. And he's someone that you can tell he's a good person off the ice and he he's got the right mindset and he's focused on hockey I mean he's drinking five protein shakes a day trying to get his weight up so that he can hang around with the big boys in the NHL and he's someone that can provide some grit but also if he gets time and space with the puck he's going to score goals and he came in hot to the NHL with eight shots in his first game so I think I, I think he really does have the inside track to get a spot on this team. I think he showed a lot in the, in the NHL, and I think he showed a lot in Belleville as well, especially as the season went on.
0: Pilsy, this is the question that we want to focus this segment on. What would be better for Ridley Gregg? Moving to the wing and playing in the NHL, or playing top-line center again in the AHL?
1: I think if you get him on that third line with Pinto and uh, Joseph, I think that's best for his development. Just because, uh, Ross, I almost think his development is already stunted just because of that ridiculous CHL-NHL uh, agreement. Now, I get why the CHL wants that in place, but I think there should be some exceptions, and Ridley Greg should have been an exception there. This guy should have been on his second pro season, if you ask me, because... You you mentioned his stats in his last WHL season. A joke. It was a joke. He's just dominating down there. So I, I almost said it's a waste of time, but. Pelosi,
0: let, let's just let's just let the people in because we 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 talked about. I know it's last season, but thirty nine games, sixty three points, ninety two penalty minutes, and hundred and eighty shots on goal in thirty nine games.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's he doing down there? So I think. Um, he, he's he got the mentality and hopefully another offseason of training bulking up, he can get a little more size. And I think, really, I've always seen Ridley Gregg as more of a winger than a centerman anyways. And there's no center positions left in Ottawa, as far as I'm concerned. All four are accounted for and everybody's slotted in perfectly. So I'd like to see him on the wing.
0: And you can never have too many centers naturally because if there is injuries down the middle, you can slide someone right over ridley greg played 39 games in belleville last season had 15 goals 14 assists for 29 points 74 shots on goal 46 penalty minutes and was a minus 14 which is pretty common with the ahl belleville sends one thing i do want to note though with ridley's ahl stats this guy has some of the hottest stretches i've ever seen where it's like (laughs) He had seven points in four games. Or sorry, there was a stretch in the middle of like right when 2022 turned to 2023 where he went two goals, two goals, goal and an assist, assist, goal and an assist. So that's nine points in five games. This guy, there were a couple stretches where maybe when he came back right away from an extended time in Ottawa, It it was a little bit tough to get his feet back under him. He had goals in back-to-back games to end the year, but he only had two points in his last, or two goals and no assists in his last six games of the season. Was dash four in the final game, so I'm not saying he's a lock to make the team. I do think there would be value in him being the number one center in Belleville to start the season again. Undisputed number one center. He worked his way up, and with the injuries to Chartier and others, there was room for that in Belleville. But I also wouldn't be mad if he's a, a third or fourth line winger in the NHL. I just don't want to limit his upside. I just know there is so much there. And when he when he grows, to when he's 25, 26 years old, Pilsy, he's going to be a complete menace. And I don't think the Sen should be in a rush for him to get there
1: yeah just to clarify my answer if he's not playing third line wing I don't I think I would rather have him playing uh, top six center in Belleville because you said undisputed Ross but Roby Arventi looked pretty damn good (laughs) as a top line center in Belleville so he may have some competition down there
0: yeah it'll be really interesting to find out but one thing's for sure Sens fans you're lucky that Ridley Gregg's in the organization because he'd be pissing you off every single night otherwise and that is just another piece of the puzzle that I think he's going to add more to. He was being a bit annoying, but nowhere near what we saw in the WHL where he's launching guys sticks into the third. Even AHL Ross, yeah, taking on Kyle Clifford, having yeah. some fun down there. We we heard that story with our interview with Igor Sokolov last time we had him on the show. Interview season is going to be July and August. Let us know in the comments whenever who you want to hear on the Ottawa Senators. Unofficial podcast, Locked On Senators, right here. That's our top 10 prospect list. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll pull up the entirety of the list right now. The top 10 sends prospects. If we had to boil down our honorable mentions, of which we did eight on Friday, I would say Halliday, Pedersen, and Nordberg are probably the three that are either closest to making the jump to the top 10 or the ones that we're most excited about. Then we have Lassie Thompson at number 10. Levy Marilainen at number nine, Roby Yarventi at number eight, Tyler Boucher at number seven, Jacob Bernard-Docker at number six.
1: The top five, Bilzi, read them off. Top five, we've got Tyler Clevin, Mad Sogard, Zach Estapchuk, Igor Sokolov, and number one, Ridley Gregg. Don't be
0: afraid to get mad at our list. This isn't right nor wrong. We just want to be able to present you the information. Make sure you're a little bit more in incited on maybe some prospects that you didn't know much about going into this process because they could be making an impact going forward. You know when a team does kind of flip to being a competitive team, you need entry-level contracts, and there's some yeah. guys in here that you might need be relying on to get a lot of production on for cheap over the next couple of years. So, Pilsy, out of these these 10 names on, on our prospect list, if you had to, to identify a guy who's going to be higher than where they are this year, When we do this next December, who do you think that has the most potential of being?
1: You know what? I'm going to go with Roby Yarventi. I just mentioned him and uh, down at eight, there's a lot of good players ahead of him, but he's so young. People forget how young he is and he has so much skill. And now that he's emerged as a guy that can play center, I think that's going to up his value a lot. And, I just, his shot and his size are such huge attributes. I think we're going to see him move up the list here.
0: I'm going to say Tyler Boucher. If this guy comes into pro hockey nice. here and, and has, what, 10 to 12 goals, maybe the same amount of assists, and he's playing physical and staying healthy and staying disciplined by Christmas, this guy's going to be a no-brainer to jump up from where he is at number seven right now. All right, Pills, any final thoughts on today's show?
1: Final thoughts for me are, everybody, just the weather's good S- Sens ownership is going to get figured out Positive Pillsy here Just have yourself a great day
0: Absolutely well said Pillsy For today we say goodbye For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan And this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast Your team every day